On today's episode, Dave interviews actress, teacher, and screenwriter Dee Ryan. Dee is a Second City alum and was in Stacy's Not Here, the long-running L.A. improv troupe. On location in Chicago, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. No one plays a victim like Dee Ryan. Like, if you, like, you're like, why did you come out of office? Like, shut up! Lefty, like, you know, you got a new nickname. Shut up. I was like, what did I do here? What well, it was so interesting because um, in Stacy's, I was just the... I mean, Stacey's I was the, the improv group. That yes, we were that we were in for right. way too many years. For, mm. what, 13, 15 yeah, years? Yeah, right. But there's something within that. I'm going, but you just keep talking. Um, so... I was just that I was the victim, and we would all joke about killing right. me. And in, in some shows, everyone just would. Everyone's goal was to kill me. That's how. I don't think it was a goal. We I don't think it was a goal. I think it was low hanging fruit. Uh, it was never a goal. It was but, never a goal. But when I do, when I was in Uncle Review, mm-hmm. um, I was accused of being the bully character. Uh, right. I was much more of a leader and much more of a straight. Right. Than I and I wasn't a victim. It was uh-huh. the complete opposite, mm-hmm. partly because that group needed people to anchor it. It's so interesting that that we that we improvisers or writers or, or the creative types are going to. It's like water, and we're going to go where it is that we're led to in that, and to say, "I have no choice." You know, right. water is going to go where water is going to go, and and that's the same thing with us. We're saying, in this group dynamic, I am seeing, and it takes you a bit, a little bit of time, not a lot, to go, oh. This person needs my interaction with them to be of this quality, and this person needs for it to be of this quality. And it's the same thing with teaching, where we're we're looking at a particular student and saying, I need to talk to this person in that way, and I need to talk to this person in that way, and then I have to talk to the entire group in a different way that still melds those two things together. Yeah, I think that's that's so... It's so interesting when you're teaching how you want everyone to be vulnerable, um, so you want to create an atmosphere where everyone feels really safe and we're having a really good time together. At the same time, you want to push that person forward. You you know, you can't just be like, oh, it's not, you know, you want to also say, be a little bit tough on people. I think that if you push that person forward and you're tough on, uh, you're tough on that person, you are then teaching everyone else in that class how we treat each other in that way. Well, I think it's so interesting because, you know, now I'm teaching at Northwestern Mm -hmm. in a college setting Mm -hmm. and it's such a different Everyone is learning on their feet. Right. So those those people sit in classes, uh, they bring in their homework, and they they're writers, but they're used to sitting down and doing it in a chair. Right. And I'm asking them to get up. Mm-hmm. And also, part of improv is is about them failing mm-hmm. on their own. Right. So there is sort of this opposite teaching where you're where you're not saying this is what we're going to do this week. You're mm-hmm. going to do this, mm-hmm. and the outcome will be this. Right. In some ways, you're holding back and you're saying we're going to play this game. Right. And something's going to happen. Right. And and you, I want you to be a little on guard, right. like off guard. Right. I don't want you to be like, oh, we're going to do a group scene, and in this scene, you will enter on this work. You know, it's not, it's it's a little bit like, how does it work? It's a little bit like magic. I think, I think a lot, of, I also feel, and I've said this before, like when a student gets something wrong, their getting it wrong teaches us how it works better than 
the way that I am teaching how it works. So what I mean is I'll go stop and go, wow, that was fantastic. You didn't do anything that I wanted you to do. But in your not doing exactly what I wanted you to do, you showed me exactly what I what what works and what doesn't work. So there is no such thing as failure. And when we go into that, it allows the students to know that they can go up and do whatever they think that thing is in that moment confidently to know that if it isn't that thing, they're going to know what the thing is because of the way that they did it. Yeah, it's such an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon where it's the complete opposite of the way that you have been teaching, um, learn to be a student. Right, um, right. And in that way, too, it's incredibly vulnerable um, for them. Right. Because, especially these kids, because they're super smart. Right. They're like overachievers. Right. So they're How did you get to teach to them? <laughs> uh, do they know who you are? I mean, I know gave, I gave a reference. <laughs> Can I tell you? I cannot remember people's names. <laughs> I was such a weird way. It's my whole family. It's genetic or it's Alzheimer's. Um, but part of it, be, it becomes like part of a group game, too, which is uh, Noah, get up and do that. But my name is Noah. Right. Or you say, Noah, get up and do that. And the, and the person that you're looking at isn't moving at all. And you're like, I think I just called my wrong name. And then there's that sick feeling in your stomach. <laughs> now, here's the thing about names. And you could get away with this if you set it up at the beginning of a class going, okay, listen, names aren't important. We're not playing with names. What's important is what you're wearing. So whatever you're wearing during the day, that's what I'm going to call you. Okay, sweater? All right, let's get sweater and uh, brown hair up. Not brown hair. All right, brunette. When I say brunette, I'm talking to the woman. And when I say brown hair, I'm talking to the guy. Um, you can do that. You don't think that's not very personal? Like, it's just... I didn't I, now, here's the thing. I didn't tell them to wear that clo those clothes. So it's personal. And like, they get to choose what their name is based upon the clothes that they have. So if they want to be uh, Juicy Couture, Couture, that is what I will call you that day. Wow. Wear that outfit. So what you're doing is you're you're saying to, they're they're going to go home and they're going to they're going to really think about what they're going to wear to class right. because I don't want to be a ripped t-shirt. No, right, 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 I, right. I, right. I want to be pretty sweater. You know what? I know that we were joking. I was joking. You might not have been, but I know that. And yet, when I watch somebody, God damn it, when I watch somebody in an improv show wearing a shirt that says Juicy Couture, and I've mentioned this before, it's like, why are you doing that? Oh my God! I remember having having a student at Bang, and I told her that I would I wanted her to wear pants, right. and she went ballistic on me. But you and I know that Bang Theater is uh, six foot yep. up, yep. and so right. every no risers, and everybody's yeah, looking. Everyone's up. looking up, and right. so yeah. So there I am watching her show where she's sitting in a chair, right. and everyone is looking at her underwear. Right. Okay, like, okay. All right, now let's take that and let's remove part of that clothing. And I will tell you the phone call I got from Tom Booker when I was on vacation once, when I was the artistic director of Second City. He said, um, uh, everybody took a break. I told everybody to take a break. I've got a little fly show and there's a student who is um, wearing a skirt. I'm like, all right, not a big deal. And he said, um, well, she's not wearing any underpants. And I said, what do you mean, Tom? And he said, that's what I mean. I said, are you sure that it's just not pubic hair colored underpants? And he's like, there, there. There's no pubic hair, and there's no armpits. And I went, she has to go home. She has to go home. What, was her, her what was her thinking, other than she didn't want to have lies? Do you remember this person? She had a, she, a giant... Do you remember this person? But not, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But what was her thinking? There was no thinking. Yeah. And there was no, there was no thinking. 
Yeah, I get really into people's clothes like, when I'm teaching. Like, I I'll say, like, take off that hat. Right, or, take off I'll, that hat. Take off that hat. It's you're like a character. Right. And, and people, or, I, like, or I'll just say, uh, that vest is bothering me. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a little bit about it's my own mind game of making them a little like, at any moment, she could demand. Right. She could call me Noah, something. and that's not my name. Or she could demand I take off that vest. That's why I, I wear a lot of clothes when I go to this class. You never know. <laughs> She's gonna have me. Take that off. Exactly. Take, yeah, now, take you know that what? Off. You know what? That vest. I think that Noah should wear that vest. <laughs> take off that vest and give it to Noah. Even and there's a guy sitting there going, "I don't know who that is." And, it, the, and the other yeah. person saying, "This is my vest." Here's the thing. His name is Emerson. It's not Noah. Right. But but you're close in that. Those are names of old people, <laughs> older names of historical people yes. that wrote books that no one reads anymore. Yes. Did Noah write a book? Or did Noah he Webster. Oh, there you go. There you go. Right. He right. wrote the dictionary. Noah Webster's Dictionary. Am I confusing people here? No, I think you're right. That Noah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. they probably were friends. They were both transcendentalists. They're, That's how I've they connected. They were dentalists. They were transcendentalists. Oh, I would like to say dentalist. And is there a dental transcendentalist? Am I onto something here? Well, that, you, really you don't are. know what the fuck is going to happen that, in this that's podcast. A, that's a that's a doctorate. Right, that's right. That's your doctorate's on. Uh, that's my doctorate's on. Dental transcendentalist. Really, right, a dental, uh, it could be a mental dental transcendentalist. Whoa. Or a, me, a dental mental transcendentalist. I, this is too many words for me. Okay, I'll stop it. I'll stop it. I, the, the idea of there being too many words for D uh, <laughs> is, is, is really, like, uh -huh. what is that? What is that? What is? <clears throat> and you're you're I'm you're still so working much. here, right? You're still improvising here, right? Aren't you? You know, I haven't found a group, which is so. It's Do really you got up? Listen, so you got up. I, I'm going to listen to this later. And go let her talk. You 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 moved out of Los Angeles and moved to Chicago. You did something that I look at and I go, that's a goddamn brave thing to do. It's not a stupid thing to do. What an awesome thing to do for you and your family to go. We're moving to surrender that and to come out here. Well, I also think it's so, you know, part of it was <laughs> I had that beautiful house, that gorgeous house that I put so much effort into. And part of it was just saying, like, I don't want to be the woman who lives in the pew. Like, this is not who I want to be. Like, I love nicest this house. Nicest house in the block, nicest house in the neighborhood. Too. Yeah, it's a gorgeous house. And, right. I, and I miss it. And I really put my whole self into it. But it was mm. like, you know what? I don't want to. This is not who... I want to be right now. Right. But also, I lived there 15 years. Right. It was like, I, I mean, I really woke up one day and just went, wow, I'm done. I want to get out of here. <laughs> wow, I'm done. I want to get out of here. And it isn't a negative. Ask my it, husband. And then I was like, <clears throat> we're just, we're selling the house, putting the house right. up for sale. But it's that idea of, wow, I'm done. I'm out of here. As the most positive experience, the, the best gift that you could give yourself. That is an awesome gift, and there's nothing negative attached to that. No, it was great. It's, it's I mean, all... it was also, I mean, <coughs> all the, you know, all the rigmarole of moving was massively but stressful. But, but all that moving, that, so you, this is a really interesting thing. Your awakening, your I'm done here, is a truth that then had to throw, that then spurred on fact. We have stuff that needs to be moved based upon the truth that I've given myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. All that other stuff is just stuff, and it's just numbers, and it's 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 about geography and transportation. That other thing is an internal transportation of you saying, I've turned this corner, to continue the metaphor, I've turned this corner, and my point of view needs to change. My point of view has changed. 
my internal point of view has changed, so my external point of view needs to change. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, it's so, it's, I mean, middle age is really hard. Is it? It's really hard, yeah. It's not. I don't think it is. I think middle age is the freest I've ever been in my life. Well, I think that's great. I mean, but for me, <clears throat> I felt like... Um, you feel like I or you wanted felt like... To get, you know what? I wanted to get old. Right. I wanted to be old. And I felt like Are you in old? LA... I'm old. I mean, I get to be old. I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. I got, I got to clarify not... something. I, I, I just, you, you, you say you you want to acknowledge being old. Yeah. It's not that you want to be old. I want old. to be in my middle age. Right. I felt like I was still, you know, expected. There's such a weird lifestyle there for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt like you, everyone is maintaining this, that we're still 20. And When you say you, you didn't mean me. What? When you said you, you Did just I said say you. you. I said, Dave, you are trying to be 20. But I'm, the reason I'm saying that is we, have, we know so many people that aren't trying to be 20. Um, You're looking at those other people. Do we know people who are... <laughs> Uh, is you know I'm you know do yeah no, we're I mean, all getting older so we're not but for right. me I just felt like I really want to have a different middle age I want That's to so cool. I I mean I really would like to go gray but I still have an agent and and you know people are like don't do not do that no. um, you told that to Kathy Bates didn't you <laughs> she never worked again nope nope nope. Who else? Um, Helen Mirren. Lois Smith. No, right? Never worked again. No, no. John Slattery, Slattery. Yeah. From Mad Men. Never Man. worked again. No. No. God damn, you're right. God damn, you're right. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, and you know, I have, I have kids. I have kids, and the school system in L.A. Oh, is I'm sorry, really your husband tough. Too. Um, My gray. husband has gray hair. Right. But that's when I see him, I'm like, God, that guy is so old. <laughs> <laughs> we live six blocks from the lake, and we lately have been taking walks together. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's great. It's, it's so really beautiful, beautiful down by the lake. But so, it's, also, it's not just beautiful down by the lake. It's beautiful too. You have that yeah. that togetherness there yeah. that you didn't necessarily have in no, we uh, didn't in, in L.A. Yeah, and I really was there. I mean, I have to say, I was having so much anxiety about my own teenage son. Mm -hmm, right. Because he would say things like, in a year I get to drive, and I just would think to myself, the not now. No, no, right, right, right. <laughs> I will sell my house and move. Exactly. <laughs> and then you will move to, again, to New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Yeah, well, whatever. That's crazy. Isn't New Hampshire, uh, when, when you he's at Exeter, without giving any name, um, he's in New Hampshire, <laughs> and like, is is every and you've been there, right? Yeah, of is course. Is everything uh, John Irving's story? Is yeah, it, John Irving? it pretty much is. And Dan Brown went to that school as well. Okay. So there's like oh, signs. Oh, oh I was just kidding. He did go to uh, Exeter. John Irving went to Exeter. Yes. I was just thinking uh, of all. How his many mother was the nurse in. Um, in Garp. In Garp, she was the nurse at Exeter. I go to um, a bar yesterday. On my walk home. I don't know home. how this is going to connect to you John Irving listen, and Garth. Listen, listen. I it go to a bar I'm just going to say right now, it cannot connect. And what was beautiful was, I walked to this bar. this connect. Listen, and this is what's going to happen. So I'm walking through this neighborhood, and I'm like, oh, there's a wine bar. I always want to go to that wine bar. And maybe the woman that was at the bar is going to hear the story. But uh, the, the, uh, I went to the bar, and I met the bartender. Her name was Tannis. Tannis, what a beautiful name. Really cool person. And 
we were talking about these things that I was talking about, about presidents, and, and she goes, oh my God, this is exactly what I need in my life right now, and she starts crying. And she said, and it was like, and I start crying, I get teary-eyed, it's like, oh my God, can you believe that I just walked in here, and we're both giving each other this information? And she, she said, do you ever read any Neil Ga Gaiman? Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Neil yeah. Gaiman, and I'm like, I, I think I downloaded a Neil Gaiman on my, on my Kindle. American Gods. Um, and so I downloaded it onto my, I, I showed her what I had, and, um, Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold for it. And she said, um, she said, uh, you uh, you have? And I said, yeah. And, 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 and I showed it to her, and she said, there's the Neil Gaiman. And she went, have you ever read any John Irving? And she said, my mother, who died a year ago, Owen Meany was her favorite book. I named my dog Owen. Aww. And I was like, that book and the icons on that I'm showing you right now of the Neil Gaiman, uh, American Gods, and the John Irving are Exactly, they're right next to each other, and how crazy that is to me. Not to you. <laughs> it was beautiful. Isn't there some of sort of magic? It's it, you know, it's one of those yeah. things that I'm gonna press magic you, as the theme of this because you know, every episode needs a theme. Um, <laughs> the theme is usually what we talk about the beginning. Thank you. <laughs> um, but at that moment, you go, the, there's a synchronicity that's happening, yeah. there's a thing that's happening. And it's always happening, and it's always there if we open up our eyes to it. The fact that I open up this and I showed it to her, and she goes, that's my mother's favorite book who died a year ago. And she had mentioned her mother earlier. And it's just it's earlier in this conversation. And, and it was just a magical thing that happened, and how we, got in, we get to notice that shit. Well, and you, yeah, there's some sort of kismet going on. What is kismet? I mean, I know what it is, it's, but what do you call it other than a play, a movie that nobody does, a musical that nobody does anymore? Oh, we kiss in the shadow. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah, that popular song that no one ever oh, sings. No, you know what? No, that's not. That's from King and I. But it's something that's like that. That's a King and I? Yeah. All right. Rita Moreno sings it. In King and I? Yeah, she plays a, a Siamese slave. She was in that movie? Yeah. Now bring this around. <laughs> yeah. I will bring that around. The, I will yeah, bring this around. All, she played all the brown people. When I... Oh, my God. You can't <laughs> say people. That. You're not allowed to say people. She says that. Right. I'm not, right. I'm not saying that. Rita Moreno she came to... Here's another... Though. Okay. I'm going to punch you in the face. Oh. She... Okay, so Rita Moreno comes to... What? Wait, wait a second. Oh, Rita Moreno comes to the Second City show, and she's sitting on the rail, and in a split, a full split. She's, in a full split. <laughs> she's sitting on the rail watching the main stage show. And after the show, I come out and I say, um, we have, oh, first off, she goes, oh, my God, I love Jewish men. I love them. Um, this is my husband. He's Jewish. He's a Jewish doctor. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And so later on, she, you know, she comes backstage. She signs the wall. We talk. We chat. And it was a Friday, so there wasn't an improv set. So, um, so we're, we're talking, and I have, to, I, have a, I have a party to go to right after that. And at the party is, uh, and so oh, I meet her and we exchange phone numbers because she has a, a daughter that's in Chicago and can we all get together the next day and talk? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That never happened. But I leave the main stage. I go to this party. On the coffee table at the party is an old Life magazine. On the top is Rita Moreno. Well, life is a herald, see? Life is a Herald. Life is and a Herald with a life. Can, that you remember that is also. How would you not remember that? That's one of those amazing things. You go, how do you not remember that? Because it, life is a Herald, but it's a matter of saying yes to those things and seeing those things that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And keeping yourself open to 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, that's one of the things I felt. I just felt so shut down in L.A. Uh -huh. You know, I just felt like this is just not, it's just not fun anymore. Right. I was just done. Right. I was done, yeah. And now I feel so much more things are happening, you know, more, just more interesting, more fun. Because you're you're no longer shackled to that place that you don't, you're no longer, you're no longer, uh, I just will say shackled, shackled to that place that you don't want to be, both physically and uh, creatively. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and that was part of it too. I mean, part of it is just the drive. I mean, I spent hours in the car driving. But that's part of the drag. It is. And it was just like, wow, my life is, I live in a beautiful house and then I drive in a, in a, SUV all across LA all day. Right. Well, you know that the Neans sold their house. They did. They sold their house. I heard they were going to. They, I think you told me that they were. They were going, wow. but they sold it. And, and now they're living closer to the. Well, they're, they're, they don't know where they're going to live. They just sold their house because their daughter is in the valley. I and know. in LA, they got to move from here to move over there. Well, I remember when they go, when, when I Talking found out. Talking Dallas and Ian Gomez. Yeah, I remember when they they chose that school, and I was saying, I I don't know if I said it to them, but I was like, wow, we don't, we're not even near. We don't. We went, our kids went to school in Culver City, right? But they're it's LA, right? And part of being in LA, if you have a child, is driving, yeah. and yeah. and either you accept it and you make that part of the life that you live, or you say this isn't the quality that I want to live. But yeah. that's true of everything where you go. I don't want to struggle in this city anymore and start feel, stop feeling bad about myself for whatever reason. I'm going to make a change. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's great to make a change. Yeah, it's great. It's great that I was I don't able think to that anybody can make a change until they're willing to make a change. Yeah, I agree with you too. And 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 nobody and that's also part of the change thing too, right? Right. Which is you can't make somebody hate what they make them love it right and want to be and that's your job I think it's also as an improv teacher it's my job and I've said this before I my I think this is a Martin DeMott line or something like that I can't remember who said it um, my job is to be the midwife to your voice Whatever your voice is, it's not right. for me to change your voice. It's me for to say I want you to give birth to that thing and we don't know where that's going to go. We just don't know where that's going to go. Well, and that is so empowering. Nobody asks people to do that. I mean, I think this is... Did you ever think that you'd be teaching at Northwestern? No. Fuck, <laughs> no. It's so bizarre. It's so fun, and I love it. And I walk around. I walked around with a student at the first day of class, and she was like, I got to sign up, and I don't know where to go. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'll walk with you. And everywhere we went, people were like, is that your mom? No, that's my professor. And I was like, oh, I'm a professor. <laughs> <laughs> And she's right. like, is this okay? And I was like, great, I'll spend the day with you. <laughs> Do you have a master's degree? No. Right. No. Uh, I, I, do have, I do have um, continuing education classes. Right. Do you have a master's degree? No. I didn't ask if you have continuing education <laughs> classes. I did not ask that. Do not get me fired from my job. Yeah, I, whatever. We can cut this I part have, out. I have a make master's this the degree in improvisation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. What yeah. do you think? I have a doctor in improvisation. Yeah. Sure. Right? You're I a doctor. Write, I can write. I can write mine prescriptions. <laughs> See. Yes. See? And. Right. Yes. Prescription. And. A prescription but, for opening up yourself to what people are saying. I see. This is what I see LA doing to you. I see LA squeezing you and squeezing you and squeezing you and popping you into Chicago. 
That's what I see. In that way, it was like... But I'm not even in Chicago. I'm out in the burbs. Right. I'm living in the burbs. I think it's so hilarious because we're theater people in the burbs. People do not, not know the, what to it's do It's not this. a burb. You don't live in a burb. You live in a town. You live in a small town. It's crazy. Yeah, it is a small town, but I don't know if I've told you this. It has a professional theater. Yes. And I just went to a Parks and Recs-like meeting mm -hmm. where they were going to talk about they're going to build a new theater complex. Mm -hmm. And I would say to Austin, we have one restaurant, but we have two professional theaters. Right. And I, I go there because I'm like, oh, you know, these, you know, somebody might stand up and say, we shouldn't have a brat. Right. No. Everyone's there like, we want to have our, our theater, a multi-million dollar complex. Right. And I said to Austin, this is, you know, this is why we're here. Because right. this is a value that I value. And you this never think that. That's crazy. culture. Right. And that's where you ended up. Yeah. Or that's where you are right now. That's what I mean. Not ended up. You didn't end well, it up there. I'm, I'm, are you done? I'm done. Oh, that's nice. No, I don't think I'm done. I don't think you're now, done. Now, now, no. now, every day I'm like, I'm selling this house and then we're going to go to... Still? I don't know. You're still I got thinking... a lost. Yeah. I can't believe I was in L.A. for 15 years. That's all? That's... Seems longer. Did it? Yeah, it does seem longer. Because I have that beard. Yeah. Yeah. And you keep plucking the little parts of it. It's like, if you're going to keep <laughs> doing that, you're gonna, there's not enough freezers in the world to make um, that work. Yeah, and I also think the other thing I wanted to say was, you know, there's teaching, there's the teacher you, but mm -hmm. really there's the artist you. Right. And that's the thing is like the teaching, feed, the, the artist feeds the teaching. Right. Because the teacher can't feed the artist. Wait, because the artist then, feeds the teaching. Yes, because when you get to a certain point, you're like, you know what, I am a doctor of improvisation and I want to give back what the joy that has been brought to me. But aren't you also teaching while you're... Aren't you also learning while you're teaching? Yeah, aren't you absolutely. also you aren't are, you being inspired by yeah. your teaching, which is art? Yes, but I think I think the difference I think that the the difference is that you know when you send your kid to school, that teacher is a teacher. Right. There's you a know? pedagogy there. Yeah, but here it's like you're being worse here. Here, here in our lives where we are right now, mm -hmm. it's like a. Where turn is that? I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you uh, specific. When you say here, like uh, here at the point where we're turning. I listened to you talking to Rich Tellerico. Uh -huh. Here at a point where you're like, this is about mentoring. Right. This is like turning uh -huh. around and uh -huh. saying, this has been something that I have loved. Mm -hmm. This is a love of mine. Right. And I'm sharing this with you. Right. You're in service. Uh, yeah. And that is that's great. Right. But I also feel like, you know, you can't just teach. You need to have another artistic side, right. whether it's a podcast or something else. Right. Because that, too, feeds the teaching. Right. It really does. It really does. And anything that makes you look at something in a way where you want to learn all these things. And I was thinking about this. When I think about you, I think about how much reading you do, how many books you read. Yeah. You read a lot of books. Well, you and I love, we talk about reading yeah. all the time. That's right. one of my things, too, is I feel content... You know, I, it makes me upset when I go and I see improv and there's no content. Mm -hmm. Like like you said, like your job is to bring yourself right. to the process right. and, and bring it into the scene. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, there's nothing worse than a scene where it's just like, you know, I love you and you love me and we're just tossing back and forth, but there's not nothing going on. There's no pressure being built up yeah, in order to and we don't, for the next We thing. don't have anything specific right. and we're afraid. I'm afraid to I'm bring afraid. anything right. to the table right. because I might throw you off. But in right. reality, I need to be the reverse and I didn't need to bring every book I've ever read to the table. Because, boy, when you introduce that a book, like when you introduce American Gods right. into to a scene, that scene shifts. Right. And so, right. yeah. But I, you can bring the reference of American Gods and the passion of that compared to John Irving and this thing where there's all this mystery of the relationship between me and this woman named Tannis, whatever that was, there was just like passing in the night. But the, yes, absolutely. And not to, be af not to be afraid to shake shit up. Yeah, well, that is, that's definitely something you learn from doing so. Like, but it's a trust is, that you have. Yeah, to know sure. that the, that the shaking of shit up is the basis of everything. And that talk we're doing. about really giving, giving and being accepted. Right is is, and I think that's one of the things about Stacy's. Boy, we would just uh, always throw a wrench into the machine. Right, like, this machine's going. This this improv is great and it's really good, but you know what? It's boring to us. <laughs> right, so right. And we're not going to make... The but the wrench was already there. We just picked it up and went, here's a wrench. It wasn't like, I'm bringing in this fucking wrench. It's no, like it's someone... not like I'm steamrolling it because I, I have a judgment. It's right. just all of us being on the same page. Like, And when what? somebody said something, it's like, attack! And it's usually you saying something <laughs> like, and I've used this example before, and you and I have talked about this before. It's like you and I were on the edge of the stage at Bang, where we were wearing long enough pants so they couldn't see our private parts. And we're on the edge of the stage at Bang, looking off, and it was a field. And the way that I'd look at it was it was a green field with a cathedral in the back. I just visioned that. Because it reminded me of Antui, um, near Cicero, there's this long green field with a cathedral in the back. And I just always saw that that way. And you, we were looking at it, and you said something like, this would be a great, this is what you want to say, this would be a great place to, be, to play um, bocce ball. I, and you said, this is a great place to play hibachi. And then everyone <laughs> in the cast just turned it into a game of throwing barbecues, because hibachi grills, right. and throwing barbecues, and we just, and oh we're all God, going, Oh my God, you guys were just relentless. Right, we were, but, but everybody was so eager to go, let's support that thing, and not deny it, and somebody goes, I know she said hibachi, but she really meant bocce, so let's just sit back. It's like, fuck right. no. No, when I think it was at a place, like you said, <clears> we were sitting, it, I, we were like two strangers at a church, I remember that. Uh, right. Um, we, <laughs> we, were, we were in a very quiet scene, mm -hmm. and there needed to be a, sh a shake-up, and, and everyone is, everyone's aware Hyper that this is, you know, that you need something. Right. We can have these, it was a beautiful scene. I remember there were like two loners at a church. Right. It was a really lovely scene of connection. Right. And everyone else knows, you know what, now we need to have something more faster paced. Right. I do think that Stacy's was really good about that. I mean, I remember when we really want to roll, you know, we would go from like this super fast, like five super fast physical changing scenes and then we would slow down. We talked about it too, right? We have, we, we both have to have the highs. We talked about a lot. We talked about that a lot. You know, and that, that's, that's also a hard thing for people to understand. But that, actually, you know, in my class, we're literally learning 
um, heralds mm -hmm. because that has such a shape to it. Right. And it was interesting for me because those games are so horrible. The horrible you know, games. They're, they're horrible games. Right. But it's interesting to be on the other side and see, like, ah, I see what happens here right. is these games give energy to go into the second act. Right. So that's why this is what their function is. Right. They help. It's energy and it's information. Yeah. To go into the second act. Yeah, but it's like, you know, for the for the students, for them, because I was like, let's do a, let's just do an open montage. Because right. I, I don't want us all have to be back in the back line, like, what's a game? Um, but they were like, no. No. I was like, we, we want to do this. We, we like having that little break, which I totally understand. So, you know, they're trying to learn. They're trying to put it into their bodies. I mean, it's such an interesting thing because these guys are writers. Right. You know, they're, what they're doing is putting a structure into their body. Right. Which well, is very hard for somebody who's so brainial. Yeah. Actually, they're, they're really great. Uh -huh. But they're eager. They're also at an awesome school that, that, that they know what that school can offer them. Yeah, it's a it's a very safe place. It's right. safer than Second City for sure. Right. It is interesting. It's really. It's about because I think that people go to Second City looking. The students go to the training center looking at the main stage, but I think that when you're in a university setting or a formal setting like that, where there isn't an end goal other than you're done, that there's no ego involved. It's just all about the process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's not this feeling of like. Also, this is one class. Right. And. There's not this feeling of like I've got to do well here to right. get into this class, right. and you know, so it is a, it's very, it's much freer. And it's, and, I'm, and I'm just seeing what time it is here. It's an undergrad, it's an undergrad. It's both graduate and undergrads, uh -huh. so that's interesting too. Right. Yeah. That is a, a great combo platter there because if people, there's, there's a level of confidence that you get as you get older. It's amazing. I was just saying this last night that, uh, yeah, that the graduates are, you know, that improv. You know, in L.A., you'd always get those breakdowns where it'd be like, she's a 20-year-old who's a great improviser, and she's a size two, and she's a blonde. <laughs> and that, you know, we would just, Austin and I would laugh because that doesn't exist because no. you're not a great improviser at 20. No. You just aren't. No. And I've never there's met. Very, there's very, 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 very few. I've, I've never, I mean, I, I remember at Second City, there would be, um, you know, young kids right. in the class could not deal with the pressure of the, of the ensemble, like just not in a mature space, right. and also just don't have enough life experiences to bring to that, to bring that to, to be on the other side of point of view. That's really interesting. Um, there was there's a guy named T Roche who is a student that Gary Austin brought to uh, a workshop, an intensive workshop that I taught in that we all taught in. Um, there for artistic new direction in the Catskills, and it was Gelman and Michael Gelman and Gary Austin and 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 I were, were the teachers along with a couple other people, and um, Gary brought this guy, who was thirteen. And he was a good improviser. D, he he was one of these people that you look at and you go, uh, you you are you are I, I, we don't see this at all ever, and now he's in his twenties, and he's just such a mensch. But you look at it and you go, that is the rare. Thing at that okay, moment. I'm going to say that I did teach a, I taught a mid uh, uh, middle school class with this kid who also was like that. You could it, tell you could tell everybody was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then that shows how much older I well, am than you. I can't that, reveal that. Right, you're right, you're right, I moved right, right. To be old, right. I didn't move to be that old. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Okay. This, uh, uh, but he was he was great, and he was also an artist. Like he was a, a graphic artist, uh -huh. and he just 
Yeah, it was like he gets it. Right. Um, and yeah, what and must that house. be like for him to be amongst uh, to be amongst other students who aren't of that? So it's got to be so fucking challenging uh, for him to be of the peers. But that the thing is, in order for him to be that way, and I'm sure this guy you talked about is he's someone who accepts that. Well, it's also about what he has at home, and for his parents, because right. I, T. Rose's parents were like, we don't know, it's just, this is the way that this is, like, yeah. wow, 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 but there's got to be moments where you go, I, I can't, I don't, I, re I don't relate to any of my peers, but there is something out there, and, and, and he found Gary, who was a great teacher. Yeah, well, that's so interesting because, yeah, I worried about that, my kid, too, because it's like, yeah, wow, what's it like when you go, he's in middle school, what, ha what, what is it, this kid who is just so verbally aware and verbally? super verbally, uh -huh. verbally aware, that's verbally. so funny that you're, verb I was I'm, verbally aware of you, yeah, you I being was, verbally I was aware. in high school, I was verbally aware. I know, that's where, <laughs> that's really. where playing hibachi comes yeah. in, um, but well, to be verbally aware, contest. yes, to be verbally aware. I was going to say verbally adroit, and then mm -hmm. I, and then I. Oh, that was really too. no. Adroit is such a good See, word. I got my hair. For some reason, when you say adroit, I want to put on uh, swim trunks, and I don't know why. Oh, so wait, I want to be C three PO. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So anytime that what, no, what adroit makes me go. No, 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 no. That is so tired. What if you wore a, a, a C three PO costume that was see through? A see through C three PO. I'm just, I'm, you know, it's a transcendental, transcendental. Yeah, I've seen it's, that. I've seen right. that at those Hall, at those Second City um, Halloween parties where it's like the see-through C-3PO and then the girl that just wears the lighting. The um, LED nipple read yeah, readout? Yeah, yeah. And like, you're just like, oh, God. That's so done. I get it. Yeah, you another one of those. Another one of those. C-3PO costumes. Blah, 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 blah. And the blinking nipples. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I never had to worry about being the, the, that kid in class, the kid that wore the see-through nipple uh, outfit, but also... Because you were wearing your headgear. You oh, my God. You literally wore see-through <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> no, you did, but it makes me think about... Because I'll, I'll post that picture again because it always gets such sympathy from people. Um, I, I just can never... What happens to you as a child makes you a better human being. It does. It really does. It's really and 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 when that all came down. What happens down, to you as a as a you know a, a twenty something? What happens to you as a middle aged grouch? What do you mean? Makes you a better human being. Right. As long as you're pre as long as you present to that and to go to, to not to say oh, the universe is working me over. It's to go. I know. You know what? This is going to happen. But I think that's that's the thing. Like I did not want to be there. I didn't want to live like I felt like I was living like that like, in L.A. Yeah, I just felt like. And also, I think it was so interesting. I also felt like nobody really realized how how miserable I was too, and I don't think anyone did. Well, you don't and wear. And was worried because there was like, "What are you doing?" But it's like, God, were people saying that to you? Yeah, what, yeah. Like, what are you doing with that tone? No, don't, no, yeah, no, don't no, have that tone. No, because everyone's nice. No. Right, but was it smiley? Like, what are you doing? Or yeah. was it like, what are well, you just doing? Like, Hmm, what's going on? You sold that house. Right, but you, part of that isn't part of that, don't you think? A little bit of that is people going, she's doing it, she's getting out. I really want, I, how can, if Dave D and Austin are doing that with their beautiful house, like, uh, maybe. Uh, well, it, I think ooh, that ooh, the breakdowns are here. Maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah, well, there's definitely that all the time in LA too, right? There's, Not with me, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to be—I don't want to be that person who who thinks that people live in that world. Either. What world is that? 
the world of um, comparing yourself right. to somebody all the time. But what I'm saying is, every uh, there's so many people that are, that are fearful of having to leave. Like, oh my God, what when this doesn't work out, which is such a dumb sentence, or what if this doesn't work out and suddenly it didn't work out for them, which is so not true at all. I know. Because it worked out. And I'm not saying it's right, done, but, no, but right. it's the idea of like, it worked out exactly, perfectly, right. wonderfully on every level. And it's not like, well, they, they dodged a bullet. It's like, no, they held the gun. Yeah, well, I, I think that's so interesting because in my mind, when I moved to L.A., I, mean, I never really wanted to be in L.A. Austin did. But I remember when I bought that house, I was like, you know what? We'll live in this house. And then when the kids hit middle school and high school, we'll, we'll move if, if, it's, if we're not like really happy here and I literally you know so in my I mean I held that in my heart for 15 years right and then when it came I was like oh it's just it's went on plan right 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 right, <laughs> right? and right. it's just like what happened like you said like you you know you didn't get to do what you want to do well I did what I wanted to do and I'm right. done right and I'm still right. doing right. it right yeah you're doing it in the way that you're doing it yeah you're not doing it in the way you know yeah you're that when Judy Dench did it because I always compare I know you guys were up for a lot of similar parts I know we are. it's like you know you didn't do it that way no but and she does it so well that Judy it does she really oh, does she really I think a lot of people are just paying her lip service what yeah. <sighs> yeah. Shakespeare in love she's got like three lines and she just <laughs> She had more lines. She had a fucking boat more lines. And they were like, she cannot do these lines. And, they, and the director, Tom Stoppard, said, I'm cutting them out. Oh, my God. We just saw that movie with all the old people go to India. Oh, yeah. The Magnolia one? Tree Festival of that Lights. Was so horrible. It was. It was I didn't not believe good. any of them. There, there were a couple performances. Judy Dench, where you, I thought, was really good in that. Right. But Judy Dench was always put aside and away from everybody else. Like, keep her away. But there were certain things where she I go. She one crazy bitch. Right. <laughs> Right. Nobody wants to work with her. Put her aside. <laughs> Put her aside. Nobody does. Nobody That's does. That's why they keep giving her awards right. because they're like, take the awards and go. Go to the island. Yeah. Go to the island. That's why I said to Austin, like, why did they make that movie? That movie is terrible. And I was like, ah, because they have free trip to India. Right. What a great time. You know what I got to do? Be with a bunch of people and sweat and have a hard time getting transportation. <laughs> That's so bitter. So I've never funny. been there, but I look at it and I go, yeah, I'm going to go to the but Ganges. That's the way I feel, to right. bring it all back. That's why I feel about L.A. Great. Go there and sweat and have a hard time getting transportation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. It was my, what was it, Magnolia Hotel. Yeah, the fantastic, amazing Monsalier Hotel. Yeah. 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 Monsalier. Monsalier.、Oh, Yeah. For all the vehicles. All the people, people from the condos that just left their right. vehicles. Right. And walked away. And, and walked, away. Seen, walked away. They, the they traded their vehicles for guns. They had、right. that. They went to Gunsalier. Gunsalier. <laughs> can't be stopped. I am, I am Portman Tooing it up. All right. So, what, how are you? What's going on with you? What? What just What's happened? What's going on with、podcast? you? I just changed it. You yeah, did. I changed your podcast. I edited、um, your podcast. You I read it and was swept. Right, right. I can't be, I, that won't be denied. What's happening is I'm here in Chicago、uh, and I'm, I, 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 I love coming home. I love coming here. And I've been walking around a lot. 
and I've been eating bad food. And last night, and I just had... crying with Tannis. Right, crying with Tannis, and I cried with Cheryl Sloan, who sat here. I Aww. cried with Cheryl Sloan. She was great. That was I would great. cry with Cheryl Sloan. Oh, my God. She's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Are you interviewing Sharna? People do ask that. I will eventually interview Sharna. But Sharna did come up a lot in the conversation so with Howard Johnson, because I interviewed him. Um, and she needs to be given kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the conversation is, is going to be some, probably something like, I need to give, uh, uh, Sharna, I think people should give you kudos. And it'll be like, right. <laughs> and scene. What are you... <laughs> No, no, she has she has stuff to say. I know she has stuff she to say. Does. I, I want to hear her say. I know. I do too. I want. I do too. And I think that my podcast really kind of gets a little gets to the, the the heart of things. Yeah, and I also think that you're 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 really you're gathering all of these people from right. your past and your present. Mm -hmm. And Sharna is one of those people. Absolutely. I mean, she is. She's the bullet in the gun. Right. We had a lot of gun references. Whoa. Okay, we're going to stop there. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.